I'm usually not triggered by it. I don't say I was triggered, but it was just like, oh, like <laughs> you were. It's like, get over it. <laughs> get over it. <laughs> wow, hashtag I relatable. Over concrete and harden up. Welcome to the Well Played DLC podcast, Australia's juiciest gaming podcast. I'm Zach Jackson, joined by Nathan Hennessy. Welcome back. And Jordan Garcia. Hello. How are we both doing this evening? So swell as we move into what is now cooler weather. Evenings are getting darker sooner. Do you see much light these days, Zach? Well, I've got a story for you. Uh, Love a story. So as you found out last week, I got my forklift license. Actually, no, did I have? No, I hadn't got it at that point, but but no. I did pass. I, I passed and got my license. So I'm a now uh, I'm a certified forklifter. Um, load bearer. Yes, that's it. I can handle a big load now, officially and legally. Uh, it was unofficial no. last week. It's official yeah. now. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, well, before it was in this. Actually, no, I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so this week I started at the new store, um, and I did my first truck today, and that is so okay. So just for context, pop your chuck 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 truck chuck cherry. You pop your chuck Norris. Um, so we learnt on a one particular type of forklift, like a gas farm that, that, that is like a car. So you're in the, mm. the driver's seat and you look forward, the forks are right in front of you. Of course, uh, the one that I'm working on now is actually a side-facing one and it's all digital. So uh, I see. So it's nothing like the one I, I, I learnt on. Anyway, I did a truck. I had to lift like 13 pallets. It took me an hour. This poor guy was waiting around. He was already late because he was stuck in traffic on like the freeway, right? Like, <laughs> so this is at like 5.40, maybe 5.30? No, I think it's about, no. Yeah, about 5.30. Anyway. Um, PM. Yeah. Uh, and so he, I, I know that he doesn't want to be there. He, and I'm like, man, I'm really sorry. Like I'm the only one here now. Um, and I've never done a truck before, so you're going to have to just, we're going to have to just go through it together, go slow. And he was like, he was legend, super, super, super nice guy. Um, but I felt bad for him. But um, by the time, you know, I was doing like this, the last couple of pallets, it was like 20 past six, you know, and it was fucking dark. And there is no lights in this forklift. So I can't fucking <laughs> see anything. Um, so there you go. Uh, it's, a whole different world on this other this this other side of forklift, and I just I, I struggled, man. I fucking struggled. So what you're saying is you should retrain or recertify for that specific forklift. Well, they don't train you on that. They train you on the and this is worksafe like uh, certified training. Like they train you on the gas ones because they're the most common. Yeah, because Officeworks is an indoor business. You know they don't use forklifts outdoors. Um, they're all like electrical and this one's digital this one doesn't even have and the biggest thing is like you got to have one foot on the left side so the so you can actually drive it um it's kind of like a clutch nearly 
but it has to be down the whole way on this left thing all the time and it's just it's just like you go and learn this brand new device this brand new vehicle and then you come in and you have to relearn the whole fucking thing but you meant to know how to fucking drive it now so anyway a whole different world it is your mind has expanded um, the past few weeks it's, it's actually like, uh, i find it aladdin hard, song harder to drive forwards than like i feel like it's easier to drive from reverse anyway enough about forklifts no one no one's here to listen about i don't know man forklifts. sponsorship opportunity like right. crown, crown. Bob, Bob, Bobcat, Bob, Toyota, no, Toyota, toys for Bob. Um, but if Just you're wondering where Adam is, so last week Adam uh, thought he had COVID, and then on the Wednesday after we recorded, he's like, "Nah, I think it's just the flu." Uh, and then as of Monday or Sunday, he actually has now got COVID. So that's Tassie, a shit week. That Tassie strike rate is just. Second to none. Yeah. It's huge. It's a whole other world. Like, he, Adam has caught it before me, which is just, I find that concept, the fact that we've been talking about it for two years now, wild. Yeah. I caught it before you, but I live in New South Wales, so it was inevitable. True. Anyway. I mean, Zach would encounter a fair bit of foot traffic, far more so than Adam would. Anyway. Yeah, well, all it took, like like my parents got it. So my parents got it got it the week after they were here. So it's just and all all it took was a cab ride, with someone um, who had the cough. Spicy, no. Mm. Jordan, how are you? Ah, oh, you know, I'm alright. Bit tired, trying to fix my sleeping habits. So in order to do that, I kind of had to break them even more first. So I'm it was, a little uh, uh, not very well rested. Eleven p.m. recording time probably doesn't help, but. You'll be right. Yeah, you know, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. That is the famous words of who said that quote? Uh, my mum. She is full of that wisdom. It's definitely Ned Kelly. <laughs> yeah, didn't I, didn't I tell you my mum is Ned Kelly? Uh, um, all right, let's get stuck straight into it because. We're going to try and make this one a quick one. I know I say that pretty much every week, but this week we are... Um, I don't know, man. I'm out of zingers. I think we can get through this. I'm knackered. Yeah. All right. Uh, what, is, what have you been playing, Jordan, over the past uh, week? Mostly just Guild Wars 2 still. There's a, you know, a, a lot of story for me to get through still. Um, is that game like 40 years old? It looks it, but it ain't. And honestly, it doesn't look that bad. Um, it It's... The, the later areas look a lot better. Um, I would say the, the art holds up better than something like WoW. Uh, wow. <laughs> but, yeah, no, just uh, there's a lot to get through with that game. So I'm on the Path of Fire expansion now, which is the one just before the one that released in January. Nice. Wow. What, what about you, Nathan? <laughs> Um, yeah, look, I, I, I was mentioning to you earlier there that my partner has just managed to bring herself into Guild Wars 2 at the moment, so I don't know if it's going through some kind of renaissance, or, but she's back in it. Uh, me, myself, no real difference to what I reported last week, so I'm still pretty deep in Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. I've reached the post-credits case, so I thought I was done, but there's like a whole other episode after the credits. I wonder... Do, do you know, Zach, how much involvement Shinji Mikami had with the series? I think he's he's like an executive producer or something in the series, isn't he? 
So you have to repeat that because I am replying to a, a message I got. Sorry. How um, much evolved the, did Shinji Mikami have? I know. Uh, my ears pricked up when I heard Shinji Mikami. Shinji Mikami, Phoenix, right, Ace Attorney. Oh, right. All right. Yes. No, sorry. I did, Any yeah. knowledge of involvement or is it just nah, a name on the box? Just a name on the box. I have no idea. Not a series on. I've never played it, so... Really? It's, it's, I never would have guessed that you'd never played Ace Attorney. Well, a Shinji Mikami it, joint. <laughs> um, the only Mikami games I play are ones with zombies or Leon or uh, Flog's name Gideon. <laughs> and I, I like it. It's, it's very that? specific. Yeah. Uh, he's had his name on quite a few tiles. But anyway, I'm about to wrap that one up, and that'll make Pledge 4 out of 5 for the year. So Really? I've had a good run. I That's feel pretty bullshit. good about it. I mean, That's look, bullshit. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel like I nah. chose well. Like I chose two games that are lengthy, but there's not real much gameplay involved. That's... Like Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, and Ice, The Somnium Files. They're pretty straightforward. Like You're not going to spend hours upon hours stuck in those games. They're 80% text, 20% game at best, but they're long. I think each of those games is going to probably clock me 25 hours. Um, and then just in the meantime, doubling my time on King Arthur A Knight's Tale. So I found that I enjoyed it a fair bit more in the second half, third act of four. Um, but it does, it, the difficulty gets to a certain crunch point where I'm uh, fall, falling out of love with it again. So it's hit its spell curve. What about you, Zach? What have you been playing? Well, hang on. I... I want oh, yeah. to hear. I want to hear more about this King Arthur. You do. This uh, tragic end of this tale. The, the end to my quest. Yeah. So yeah, so I do feel that my well, no, I don't feel. I know that for a fact. My current quest in King Arthur Knight's Tale has come to a its fateful end, and it's an end I didn't see coming. So I'm about at my my Steam says I'm in forty two hours. It'd probably be about forty hours, you know give and take that time that you spend up and away from the computer. And so what happened is, uh, by the, by the, at the time, I'm three, I'm act three. I've got about, I've, I've got a full round table, 12 members, and I've killed, I've had maybe about four of them die in battle. Uh, so when they die, they stay permanently dead. And there's no system for recruiting new members other than they occasionally pop up in the story and then, um, you can then acquire them for your round table if there's a vacancy. If not, they just sit there waiting for you. Anyway, what's happened here is I've lost a few too many members. I've still got my round table of 12, but they're either critically injured from previous missions. So if they if they dealt so much damage, they might acquire a, a permanent injury or a tempor- temporary injury. Either way, I've had to send half of my round table off for healing. And what's what's what it's left me with is... That the rest of my round table, they have basically mutinied. I'd made a couple of decisions in the morality system that didn't make a whole lot of sense and it didn't really telegraph what was going to happen, but some of my knights have decided they don't want to fight anymore and then the game only presents you one solution. Uh, restart your save. It's, it's what they've carried over from trying to be an XCOM-like game where you can eventually, like very easily, very, very easily... If you don't save scum and you lose, say, five uh, of your squad pretty early in the game, you just have to restart the game. There's no yeah, there's no it, mechanism around 
getting new members or anything like that. Um, but the game doesn't emphasize this until it just happens on you 40 hours into the game when the difficulty all of a sudden comes to a crunch where it was you know, piss easy up until then. So, yeah, 40 hours in, um, I realized that not many people would have made it past me because I've just hit like regular plot beats in Act 3 and I've got those achievements are just 0.1% of players. Um, so I'd be very, very curious to know who's actually finished the game already because it seems like it's built into the DNA that you will fail your first run. And that first run could be 40 hours. And that second run, they're not new levels. They're levels you already know that you've spent hours in. They're, they're no new events. Nothing that you haven't seen before. So can I ask, how mm. is that fun? What's it's fun not. about that? It that, would be, in a, yeah. Look, if if it, <laughs> then there's a whole debate about if it's fun in XCOM, and it, not really because you're still relying on save scumming. But at least in XCOM you can say, uh, here's the kicker: in XCOM you can save mid battle. So if you make a wrong move in a battle, you can just reload that step. If you make a wrong move in a battle in King Arthur, you've got to reload the entire battle, and battles are painfully slow in this game. Like everyone moves slow, animations are slow. Just completing a single level in this game, and I've already completed over 25, a single level can easily take you an hour and a half. And you have to you have to restart that because the game bugged, a uh, button didn't press the way you wanted it to, so your character lost their turn, copped some heavy damage. That could cost you the game in a few hours because that character might have an ability that's required later on, and you don't know that. So the game is woefully unbalanced in its back end, which is also where some of its best ideas come to light. So, yeah, it sounds like it misunderstands why the XCOM mechanics worked and just put them in and without caring about how they affected the game. Depending on what you say, uh, I'd think it only really works in XCOM because A, you can quick load, quick load and quick save during combat, but B, you, there's, everything's randomized. So on your second run, you can approach everything completely differently. There's going to be different events, different characters come by, different, you know, you'll still have some main story beats, but everything around it's completely different randomized and changed up everything in this game is going to happen pretty much exactly the same way yeah that's what i mean just like xcom does it at least moderately well where it doesn't make it feel like you're doing the same thing every time yeah like it, it adds at least a modicum of variation so it's just not insulting that you're having to do that all over again but look um it's gonna take a long time before players get to that crunch point where they realize that they've been having fun and now it kind of stinks a little bit. So the game's doing well on Steam. It's got good reviews. A uh, little bit I've seen on Metacritic, a little bit of buzz there. But as I said, I don't know that many people's actually finished the game. And you can still so, enjoy the time you spend with it without hitting the credits. I think from memory, you were r- roughly about a six last week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I whispered to you past the uh, after we'd wrapped up maybe a 5.5, a six at best. And I'd still absolutely maintain that, even though I've had new highs and lows since we spoke. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, how does the what's happened? Uh, how does that affect your feelings on the game? Hmm. So in my forty hours with it, I had twenty hours of what wasn't bad. Like the initial twenty hours is not bad; it's just boring. And then the following twenty hours after, where I've lost my savers, when the game actually got really good. So the tactical crunch really came in. I got to make really important decisions in how I ran Camelot, and that was really exciting. So it does it does kill off what would I I would say probably almost a point because I'd yeah. actually go as maybe as high as a six point five for that that twenty hours prior to where my save died, but when you realise that you can lose 
40 hours of gameplay based on the fact that you didn't save scum when a couple of small bad moves happened and you didn't fully understand the consequence of a couple of decisions that you were making and then all those levers hit at the uh, you know 45th hour and the game goes, oh, by the way, you've dug yourself into a corner now. And I was playing on normal difficulty. There was like hard and Iron Man mode. Um, that, so I could have got a lot harder than what I was playing on. Mm. Yeah, right, Al. Well, um, yeah, we'll check out the review when that is up on the site. Me, uh, I've not really played much, to be honest. Um, I, hang on, I'm just checking if I can talk about this. Um, where are we? Where are we? Where are We've we? been playing Half-Life 3. <sighs> He's not allowed to talk about that. Come on, Jordan. It's actually oh, Half-Life geez. 4. They skipped... They skipped three. Oh, they did, didn't they? Because oh, Alex is oh, now cause... three. Yep. You heard it here first. Um, you didn't no, hear so, it at all. Cut that. So I have been... I checked out a game called Arctic Awakening. I'm pretty sure I mentioned this when we did our um, like games we're keen for for the year or whatever it was. And I said this is one of the indie sort of ones I was keen for. Uh, it's by a studio called Gold... Fire. No, it's not, it's not, it's not called, yep, Goldfire, not Goldfingers. Um, Good movie. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, the demo goes for like for 35 minutes. Hopefully I should have a, um, a preview up. I was going to try and smash a whole bunch of stuff. Apologies for the two people who were probably looking forward to reading the Winter Ember review. It's pretty much written, but it's just, I've just got to finish it off. Um, but, yeah, so Arctic Awakening is... The easiest way to describe it would be Firewatch in the snow, um, which is a bit of a lazy um, sort of comparison to make, but it's the best. Like, it, it, it's what sums up this, this this game the best, like the art style or the visual style of the game, sort of that bold um, palette sort of that, it, that, it, that it's got. Um, and the way that the narrative moves forward so basically the demo is that you know it's 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 the start of the game you're kai i think from memory um you're a pilot you're in uh donovan is is, is the guy who's with you in the plane you're in this like cargo plane so you're going to i think like a remote part of alaska to make a drop of supplies or like something to do with that there's a robot in there as well i can't really remember the reasoning for the robot i don't know if that was ever sort of explained um, but there's a robot there who sort of uh, gives you advice and sort of stuff like that. Anyway, um, big storm, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, your plane sort of breaks in half. Uh, Donovan does the barrier. He's like, nah, bro, like, I'm out. Um, he's like, you should come with me. But Kai is like, nah, I'm going to try and land. So I'm going to try and land. So he tries to, to land the plane. Um, anyway, you, you, you crash into the forest below um and yeah so then you you kind of wake up and then you've got to like build, like build a fire um and you've got like what looks like a smart watch and you, you can communicate with donovan and he's landed and broken his leg but he's uh in like a power plant or something like that but he's in shelter so you're like all right we'll wait for the storm to clear and we'll come come find you in the morning and basically the next part of the demo is you just walking uh, towards this area um yeah you kind of just follow uh 
you kind of go in the direction where you believe Donovan is, um, and you come across this big satellite dish, and yeah, you can't like, well, there's obviously something more to this area than what, you know, what's going on in this area kind of thing, and that and demo kind of ends. Um, but there's like a lot of talking in between. You know, uh, Nathan, you've, you've played Firewatch, yeah? Only recently, and only an hour. So oh, I've okay. only really got my boots on with that game, uh, you know, initiated and set forth. Uh, so the big things that have stand out to me is the you know the the dialogue and the, the use of yeah. music and the palette. You know, it's got a very particular style. Yeah. So the music's similarish, but not really. I think it tries to do what Firewatch does. Doesn't quite. I mean, I've only played the first 30, 30, um, half an hour, so I can't really judge it too much. But the narrative is very much like, um, like you and this guy Donovan, like you're obviously mates, but there's a bit of. Ten, uh, Kai maybe doesn't rate him that much, or there's like a bit of so, bad history. They're not, yeah, it's sort that's of unspoken. Yeah. yeah, so well, when they're um, when this robot and Kai are walking towards, you know, you're just walking like the next morning. Uh, they're talking about, and, uh, you know, and Kai's like, oh, you know, just sort of wait till you get to know him a bit more, and blah 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 blah. And then the robot's like, oh, you know, you should give him a second chance. Good, good. Good friends are hard to find when you get older, blah, blah, blah. So that's, you know, there's a lot of, like, dialogue between Donovan and, and Kai and then obviously this uh, robot. But yeah. I'm intrigued. It's an Apparently it's an episodic sort of um, release. I don't really quite understand how it's going to work. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm intrigued on how that's gonna work. You, uh, everyone will be able to play the demo at Ludo Naricon, I think that's what it is. So there's gonna be a demo there. I'm just trying to see on Steam if there's anything about the. Um, yeah, that should be the end of this week, I believe. So it just sort of says uh, blah, 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 new episodes with more adventure secrets and characters. So I, I don't really quite know how that's all going to work, but yeah. Um, still interested. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, the build wasn't great that I had. Um, so, but, again, you know, it's only a demo, so I'm not going ju- to ju- judge it too harshly. But apart from that, that's all I've played apart from I Clocked Winter Ember. Um, <laughs> that was... But you were what, happy? That was quite a humorous ending. And uh, did you get another? Ooh, did they treat you to another anime cut? Mate, there's there's actually quite a few. Ooh, there's okay. quite a few in the middle. Um, yeah, and it's fun, it's funny because you actually your roll credit. Well, you, it looks like you roll credits, but then you then there's another part to the to the game, which is oh that old chestnut. Yeah, um, I'll tell you about it after because I, I thought it was quite humorous but um anyway that's me for the week uh a couple of quick shout outs before we move on there's going to be a review go up uh actually no sorry i'll I'll do the review shout outs after because we're going to talk about one of the games now so i think we've all played a little bit of trek to yomi yep as well oh yeah um uh, Adam's doing the official review for World Played. I, I was hoping he, he'd be here so we can try and start like a new little segment which we can sort of um, isolate like a review talk and put it up on the good old YouTube. Uh, but we'll have to do that another time. So 
Nathan, what did you think of your uh, couple of hours with Trek to Yomi? Yeah, so look, I guess I'll throw a question back at you real quick, but I think the first impression that I had was, and I go, this is going to sound a bit nebulous, so maybe we can unpack this, but it felt like a Japan Studios game circa 2002, uh, or, or P- PS2, so it kind of controlled, like animation-wise, kind of looked a bit, little bit to me like uh, Ico or Ico, a yeah. game before... Um, Shadow of the Colossus, so it kind of played like like a kind of classic PS2 adventure title, uh, in a kind of yeah with, with fixed camera angles that worked, and you know some kind of two point five D movement that sort of works, but it's definitely a dated design to to interesting effect. Like, do, do you, did you get those sort of PS2 vibes from it or? Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. A little bit. I I actually really, really, really enjoyed the cinematic um, art visual direction of, of this game. I thought it yep. was actually it was fan, like amazing. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, there was a lot like, of those camera angles. I think. Um, like in terms of, yeah, I thought it was just incredible. Uh, this game is uh, a two-sided coin for me, or in a, in other words, a coin. Um, <laughs> Here he goes. He's, so he's two face moment. The first half, <laughs> two face. It's a Jekyll and Hyde. Um, I'm a Joker, baby. Loved, like, loved the, like I said, art direction, the cinematic style of it. Uh, I sat down with Anna, and we've just played Ghost of Tsushima, right? So, <laughs> like, a little bit samurai Japanese out for the moment. I need to kind of break it up with something else. But I was like, got to play it, got to check it out. She goes, is this game in black and white? And I was like, yep. And she just looked at me as if like, why the fuck are you making me play this? Does not appreciate the black and white design. No, I'm, glad, I'm glad she mentioned it. That. I'm glad she mentioned it because I said a similar thing to April when we sat down for this, right? Hmm. I said to her, almost dismissively, like, what's the appeal of black and white cuts of theatrical films? Because it's... Hmm. In a similar way, it's something you see more and more of. Whereas this, this isn't quite that because it's been, you know, black. I, I assume that black and white is the purpose, so the game's been designed mm. with that as the focus. But you got things like the the black and white what Snyder cut. Now I think they did a black and white cut of Tenant and stuff like that. Like that, there are cuts like there is a, supposed to be some appeal. There's a black and white version of the order. Is there? No. But, okay. Yeah, so, they they forgot oh. to add the color as much as they forgot <laughs> to add the content. <laughs> Um, I just assumed that's how the game normally looked washed out. Uh, <laughs> how dare you? Uh, so, yeah, uh, I actually didn't mind. At first I was like, uh, I feel like this could get old quite quickly. But actually, I, it, the more I played, uh, the more I really quite liked the design of it. What I didn't like and I thought it was pretty much trash was the combat. Yes, yeah. the combat sucks. How do we feel about the parrying system that it relies Junk. on? It's... The whole thing is terrible. Yeah. yeah. I, I How often do you it, use I... that triangle to get out of a fight? See someone coming at you? Triangle. Oh, there we go. Sorted. Okay. What does triangle do? Triangle's your heavy attack, and through the first hour, you oh, just yeah? use it it's whenever anyone attack. runs at you. Sure, yeah. Is that right, Jordan? Yep. Fuck, I remember using heavy attack. So, like, anytime anyone runs at you, you hit that, and because the game's combat carries a lot of weight, a good well-placed slice, which a heavy will do, basically cuts them in one maybe i did i can't remember no i think i've just been no i haven't because they've just been running towards me i just use the 
the, the down or the up the so the down or up and then just the square just slicing. Um, He's been playing it like Streets of Rage. Pretty much. Yeah, no, so I, I did a bit of everything, you know, like I did a lot of the heavies, I did a lot of parries. The parrying system is both the most generous and the most jank thing I've ever seen in my life. Mate, you, if you want to see an absolute jank parry system, you play Winter um, Winter Ember. That is the uh, jankiest. Anyway, I'm a, I'm one okay, thing. Thank you. Uh, sorry, I've got, to, in, just, I've got to add this because I can't remember if I mentioned it last week, but there's... I didn't realize that not all games do this, but Winter Ember actually in this control settings will give you an option to enable PlayStation controller icons. Yeah, that's not uh, that's an entirely not a f- common thing on PC. Yeah, that's not. No, common. it's appreciated. Yeah, it is amazing. Yeah. So I went back into I was playing Trek to Yomi, and I'm, I'm using I'm playing on PC, but I'm using a DualShock Four, and nothing. No, there's it's just just Xbox. Yeah. I'm like. That is like such a a very minor like quality of life feature that yeah, should be in um, every game. Yeah, one that does game. it really well is Monster Hunter Rise because it lets you do PlayStation icons, Xbox icons, and yeah. Switch icons. Ooh, You're right. That's nice. Um, yes, I thought that that was like really... anyway. Um, so sometimes when I'm playing these games, it's you know, it's like it confuses me if I if I if I come back to it like I've been playing. Yeah, maybe I'll have a break and I'll play a game on PlayStation. Then I'll come back to the PC to play Trek to Yomi on a DualShock Four, but it's got Xbox icons and it's like push X and I push X and it's like, why the fuck's that? I'm not doing anything, but it's the wrong. Yeah, X. yeah. Um, so yeah, that would be. I think all devs should do that. That would be just. That can't be that hard, it's, surely. No, it it isn't. It honestly isn't. Um, I just I think there's probably some demographic that like most gamepad users are using some form of xbox controller it must take someone i reckon five minutes to do it yeah no it wanted it, it, a little know. ui detection like that honestly doesn't take i might need to ask before I i'm not gonna wait on this because yeah. yeah this, <laughs> this uh, could i, I guess it also d- depends on the game as well because there there are some that like their engine is just a, a simple like check like mm-hmm. i know with um unreal engine games there's no excuse to not have it because you just pretty much effectively tick a button and it'll check what kind of controller it is and show you the right icons. Yeah. Um, but, one, okay, so uh, one person I've spoken to about this game said to me that they had this uh, really, really good idea, like this really good cinematic direction and, and style, but this paraphrasing dog shit combat um you know they why didn't they get someone in to kind of help them make combat good basically and i agree like surely someone at devolver or at flying wild bullfrogs went like um you know we've got something really good here cinematically but the combat is turds so surely we get some consultation or something just just to make it better because, uh, like, I was speaking with Adam, and he's like, no, it actually it improves, a, it gets better as you go on. I'm like, mm, does it? It does, but I find even when it gets better, the combat doesn't feel good because it's going for, you know, that samurai feel, but the animations are, like, super-duper bouncy, which kind of they is really the contradiction like to, jelly. like, that, pre- that, that precise, smooth animation that a samurai should have. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, so the um, act- that's an issue I had as well. As stylishly classic and cult-like as the animation style is to like the PS2 era, it ain't great for, for reading like the telegraphed hits when it suddenly thrusts you into combat without any real indication. And then yeah. you die immediately. How'd and then you, you fight? set back to a checkpoint. How'd you find... Well, actually, that's one thing. I found the checkpoints very, very generous, which I did quite like. I, um, I, I think it's better the generous than the too stingy. Because it, it's just a simple way to make the game more accessible, in a way. Because it's not like, oh, I have to go back by 10 minutes to get back to where I was. It's, mm. you know, Cause it's I feel at like, most a minute. Yeah, I feel like this game, you could... If this was... Let's just... You know, it's got Dark Souls-style combat, right? Let's just say that. Um, and the save, saves weren't generous, or the checkpoints weren't generous. I'd be like, fuck this game off the face of the earth. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, it's style, it'd be style over substance at that um, point. So I did quite like that. I actually was playing on easy at first, so I was like, this game is fucking very easy. Because when I chose the difficulty, I was like, oh, for people who want to enjoy the story. I didn't realise that it actually meant basically combat is like fighting a child. Um, so I went and bumped it up, and it's, it's much, much better on medium. It also spikes. Like, it'll chuck these mm. skill tests at you pretty early in the game. And if yeah. you haven't gotten to grips with, like, parrying, which I don't feel like you're going to get to grips with anyway, other than cheesing your way through the fight, it's going to bend you over the barrel pretty mm. quickly, pretty constantly. What did you think of the bow and arrow? Or the bow? Indifferent. Like, it, well, it, they just it seemed felt... to just, like, stagger them a sex, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, it, it felt really weird to use, and, mm. yeah, it just... Yeah, it, it, it's a, it's some track you me up for me, it's... A game that I love its presentation, but I hate to play. It's yeah, kind of like I'd uh, rather watch it. I know this is going to piss people off, but it's kind of like The Witcher Three for me. I hated playing The Witcher yeah, Three so up. much. <laughs> <laughs> Talk shit. Yeah. No, All right. Yeah. Um. Any other? Oh, the, yeah, the other thing that I that shit me off and the writing. What was that? The writing because it's not. It's good. pretty. It's pretty generic. Uh, I wasn't to be honest. I wasn't really paying that much attention. There's nothing to pay it's, attention to. Um, it's, it's, it's just it's just your typical revenge story. Oh, yeah. the fucking crying in this game. Yeah, there yeah. There's so a lot crying. It's like I mean, man. my village is getting slaughtered. Shut the fuck up, children's <laughs> extra. Trying to concentrate. No, like I, I get like, but it was just I get it. But shut up. It's excessive. Like just too much. It was like everywhere you went, like. Everyone was crying. It's like, mate, surely there's another like, person yeah, in there his was a point where I was like, Everyone listening has is... just figured out that you are not a father. <laughs> like, this guy doesn't know. <laughs> no, like, I just, it was just, it was just it's too crying, much. It's excessive. It's no, like, I, there were, like, because right at the start, I actually really, I really quite liked it. Like, I thought it was yeah, really good. Yeah, I, I thought it really added to the atmosphere um, at the beginning. But then I was just like, mate, is there anybody else that isn't a little bitch? Like... <laughs> <laughs> he really was just trying to play some Streets of Rage here. Come on. No, I was just like, it's just too much. I like me, just maybe just start acting. Just, just, just. I didn't touch. notice it. Now, when I go back to it, I'm never not going to notice it. Yeah, it was just, I don't know, maybe it was one of those things that, like, I was just like, everyone's crying. And then the next scene, I was just like, usually not triggered. I was like, I don't know I was triggered, but it was just like, oh, like, <laughs> you were. Just like, get over it. <laughs> get over it. <laughs> Wow, hashtag I relatable. Over concrete and harden up. Uh, mate, it's that uh, 80s blood that I was born with, you know. Just, <laughs> you know, 
Kids wouldn't survive in cotton lobbies nowadays. people 200 years before you were born being slaughtered and pillaged. And, you know, I grew up in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Grow a backbone. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah. I, I survived like 2010 cod lobbies, you know. Get over it. Uh, no, nah, it was fine. But just, uh, just wear salmon just, pink shorts and smile uh, more. Just, what, just one, like, it just, it was too repetitive. It's, it's kind of like what I mean. Like, it was just, maybe it was I just can't argue up. with that. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, I'll quickly go through Adam's final thoughts on his review, which will land, which will be out by the time this review, uh, this podcast goes he, live. He loved it. And we're all wrong. He goes. Uh, I'll just read the quick, uh, the quick um, snippet here. Uh, Trek Yumi uses incredible cinematic science to tell a surprisingly strong, strong, yeah, strong story of revenge, but it's two D combat, but it's two D combat that doesn't always strike true. Maybe it's maybe, but it's two D combat doesn't always strike trees is what he meant. Uh, he gave it a seven, and I was like, "Oof." Yeah, I, I'd give it that. I, yep. I guess you know it, it. It has all of the look, but not enough of the feel. I would yep. Not give it a seven. I can tell you that much. That is generous with a capital G. Well, I, can I just also imagine like, as much as him, but I, based on, mm. I can imagine Zach just on the street seeing a kid crying, going, "You're not getting a seven. <laughs> and for me, it's at best, it's a six. At best. Um, I thought the combat was just shit ass. And the yeah, crime. no, no. I, it leaves I, a lot I, to I be decided. Uh, and when you've, you know, that's your, that's the main gameplay. That's, you know, the core of the gameplay there, but there's nothing else really. Um, but in, in its defense, I, I did find myself being carried, being, oh, I'll do one more area. Oh, cause, just because of the, how cool the cinematic um uh, style was. Yeah, the presentation. All right. Um, cool. Let's go quickly into a couple of discussion topics. Um, we'll go the quick. We'll go the the first one. Uh, the quick one first. So, last night, I think, or yesterday, uh, Embracer Group, who is the parent company of like THQ Nordic, Deep Silver, Kosh Media. Uh, Gearbox Saber. now, Saber uh, Interactive, yeah, Saber, uh, and a bunch of others. They have uh, entered into an agreement to buy Crystal Dynamics, Idos Montreal, Idos Montreal, uh, Square Enix Montreal, which will obviously change change the name, and then IPs uh, like Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, uh, Legacy yeah, of Kane, Legacy of Kane. Uh, shouts to Skill Up, big yeah, fan of the, the big fan of the show. Uh, and a bunch of other, and like 50 other back catalog games there which weren't named. But uh, the best thing is, though, or best thing per Embracer Group, is that it's only going to cost them $300 million US yeah. or US million dollars, uh, which equates to about $425 million, uh, $425.5 million Australian dollars. Damn, which is if I knew it was going to be that cheap, bargain. I would have bought it. That's a drop in the ocean compared to some of the figures being thrown around in other acquisitions at the moment. Like, yeah, well, they, they bought... Do you, do you reckon that's like an inverse consequence of Square Enix never being happy with sales results? Oh, I don't know, man. Those it, is, games? It, it is... Can't help. It is bizarre that that is the price that it's going for. So um, just to put it into perspective, uh, Embracer bought gearbox for 1.3 billion uh which obviously included borderlands for 1.3 billion US. i mean and when you think about it too like sony bought bungie who makes one game for more than that 
Yeah, but I think they exponentially bought, they bought more yeah, than that. But, yeah, but, um, that like that is, um, I like Idos or however you fucking say that. Yeah, I mean, it's got a solid yeah. catalog. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I would mean, have expected to see yeah. this advertised on like Oz Bargain or something. Shout out, <laughs> like <laughs> um, Crystal Dynamics. That was actually that would make a really good piece. Oz Bargain uh, post. Just you know, someone. Square Enix, uh, not Square Enix, fucking all this other stuff. But you know, the, the probably the the best part about this sale, though, all this. So the sale uh, is expected to go through uh, during Embrace's uh, the second quarter of their financial year, which is um, July to, to September twenty twenty two. So by the end of the year, yeah, by the end of the year, and that'll mean they will have one hundred and twenty four internal game studios. That is insane. Yep, and it's also just Square Enix saying we don't really want to bother with the Western studios anymore because it's pretty much all of their Western catalogue gone. Yeah, so the best part about this is Square Enix also put out a press release regarding this announcement or this sale. Oh, this like... <laughs> and they said that... I'm just going to read the bit that I wrote because I can't remember the exact wording of the whole thing, but... Um, the sale of these assets will allow the company to move forward with investments in fields including blockchain, AI, and the cloud. So how the fuck can someone in a big, cushy office chair somewhere in Tokyo, assuming that's where they're based, and go, you know what? Let's fucking sell off Crystal Dynamics dirt cheap, Tomb Raider dirt cheap, Let's fucking go hard on the blockchain. What Invest fucking, it all in Dogecoin. Let's what do it, boys. What a fucking idiot. Their NFTs got ripped off so hard they had to sell their studios. And NFTs are fucking dying in the arse anyway. I, yeah. I, we actually, okay, I kid you not, we got an email, well played, I got an email today from someone doing a Smith's Chips NFT. Oh, no. Um, I normally just delete these emails right away. And I'll just go into my pocket. So but but you, you, you thought it's Smith's chips, I have to do it. Maybe. I mean, if it was Sandboys, you'd get him perking up real quick. <laughs> Fuck off, mate. Um, <laughs> but uh, here we go. So, uh, yeah, Smith's chips and leading Aussie rock artist, Dune Rats, sorry, Dune Rats, have released 500... Don't shake your head like you don't know who the Dune Rats are. I've no idea. Uh, have released <laughs> 500 free NFTs for those looking to enter the NFT market. Cool. And I was like... Like, what is this bullshit? And then it says, with with the NFT marketing hitting a low and some marketplaces seeing a 50% sales volume drop, we thought, what a, what a better time for those who have no idea what they're doing to enter the NFT world. Basically, the price of but, entry is now low enough that we can also stitch you up too. See, I find that interesting because, like, isn't everyone in the NFT world someone that doesn't know what they're doing? Like... How endearing does that sound, though? Hey... Idiot. Like, we so got an offer for you. The lead singer of Dune, Dune Rats, uh, Danny Call it Dune Rats again. I love that. Sorry. Uh, no, please. Dune Rats. Uh, yeah. It was a hoot to get together with a bunch of legends to record this crunchy number about super catchy chips. What the <laughs> fuck, man? Like, what the fuck? That just sounds That's like shocking, a parody. It, it does, I, doesn't it? I, I think know. those Dune Rat boys might have been on the billy by the time they got around to this one. 
What the fuck? Anyway, Anthony's I think they dumb. Do. I like a bit of devil's dumb. lettuce, I think. <laughs> oh dear. Devil's lettuce. <laughs> um, I've never heard of one. That's good. So, uh, yeah. So, what do you give me? Give me your quick thoughts on this because we'll we'll just power through this. I mean, I'm happy to see Deus Ex in in different hands because Square have made it pretty clear that they're not interested in touching that series. And yeah, that could probably be said with a f- with more than a few of the other series in that backlog. There, there's a few. IPs that could be revitalized in different hands. That's always what I would hope when an acquisition like this happens. But it, you know, that that's sheer optimism. Mm. We haven't yet often seen that much play out. We'll see. I'd love to see maybe Project Snowblind picked up as well. Um, you know, that's in the catalog. Something to do with that. Who knows? I'd be keen for a new thief. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. What a time for it. But you're mm. seeing games like Winter Ember and that, like Winter Ember, Dishonored, Thieves in Vogue. Thieves mm. cool. Yeah, Jordan. Uh, yeah, I think it would just be good to see all these uh, IPs potentially proliferate under a new family. Because uh, God knows Square Enix would just like now nah, fuck these IPs. Final Fantasy all the way. What'll be interesting is what will happen with the future of like Avengers and Guys of the Galaxy. Yeah, because it's it's going to be a, a licensing issue. So yeah, t- so tied up in so much contract bullshit. But they, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy did well critically. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go to Marvel and be like, let's, let's make another one. I mean, they proved themselves to Marvel. That much is, is true. Mm. Um, the Avengers I, I, game, not so much. I, I did see that um, someone when in the comments when this was announced was like, please make sure that they take care of the Avengers game. It's a great game, yet no one plays it. And I was thinking, if it was a great game, why is no one playing it? Yeah, mm. I, I I tried again out of the blue when the uh, Wakanda DLC, the the Black Panther DLC came out, but it's still it's it's not glorious. No, bum, I say. Uh, all right, let's move on. <clears throat> so the other probably the biggest news of a well, like maybe not biggest news, but biggest announcement of the week or biggest talking point that we have uh, is that Xbox and Bethesda have announced the game their game show showcase. Sorry, yeah, their game showcase uh, for 2022 is happening on June 13 at 3 a.m. for Australian Eastern Standard Time Zone people. Um, and then whatever that equates to in, in your own time zone there. Uh, yeah, so what do we, I guess, just very, very quickly, I assume Starfield's probably going to be the yeah, uh, sure. big one here. Yeah, yeah I've, got, I've got no expectations around that. I want to see something before you I make would, up my mind. I would be very very surprised if they didn't show a long gameplay um demo that's that's the hope yeah yeah I, may, maybe something from what is it machine games the wolfenstein devs because they've machine, been quiet ever since games. youngbloods kelly <laughs> i hate that um yeah nobody liked that <laughs> what have they what have they been working on I don't Indiana. know. You haven't, haven't heard it. It was Indiana Jones, wasn't it? Was it Indiana? Yeah, because yeah. we haven't really heard much from them since Young Gods because that was such a good game. Man, I'm glad that came out. I'm glad I haven't played it. Yeah, so they're making Indiana Jones game. Um, I don't know if there's two teams or if there is a Wolfenstein 3, but I mean, I'd love a Wolfenstein 3. Keen to see what they do for Indiana Jones, but probably maybe a cinematic. Uh, no, no. Uh, I'm not, sorry, not systematic, but 
CGI trailer, sorry, um, for that one, maybe. I, re I reckon Redfall will be in it, another one, because, you know, these, that's another game that's uh, that was dated for 2022, so you would expect that we'd see that. You'd, you'd, you'd think so, I reckon, a gameplay trailer for that. But we've got to see more. We've got to start seeing gameplay from all these games. That, I mean, we've talked about it thousands of times on this on this podcast. We've got to start seeing... Xbox has to start walking the walk. We've, yeah. we've heard the talk. It's, it's time to start seeing the walk. Yeah, what's um, in the upcoming catalogue? It's looking pretty destitute. But the, Yeah, well, there's the, nothing apart from Starfield, I guess. Um, and... Halo, they didn't they say what they say about Jordan? You probably know this more than what I do. They said Halo, something to do with season two or some shit like that. Uh, oh, the Lone Wolves season is dropping this week or today or something. Nah, it was they didn't what, what oh, they? oh, they had the delay for the roadmap. That's right. Yeah, yeah, so I think co op's dropping what halfway through season two. Seasons go for what six months now, so it'll drop in like August or something yeah, thereabouts. Yeah. It, it was delayed from August till May. Uh, sorry, delayed from May to August, and cool. that was after being delayed from launch till, uh, till whenever. It's just yeah. And I've been playing that game, and it is lacking. That open world is so soulless without another person. Honestly, uh, I would, I would argue it. it'll still feel pretty soulless without another. Uh, sorry, with another person. Just... It can't be as worse as by yourself. True. Oh yeah, no, it is. Honestly, that map is perfectly designed for a battle royale mode. <laughs> it it just needs a little touch up and it would be perfect for a battle royale and that that's why uh, I'm not entirely against all the rumors of a Halo battle royale because it'll feel like that'll be the best thing to come out of a campaign just play testing the map basically. Yep, and there'll be a, a forge mode I think coming sometime after that, which uh, I believe yeah. they were teasing. So we might see something of that at the showcase. Of course, we'll see the Elder Scrolls online. I'll always have something to show. And I wonder, I ask myself every year at a Bethesda showcase if this will be the year where they have a really sort of well put together, embellished uh, sizzle reel of Fallout 76. Like, will this be the year I finally give it a go? Because it's always installed. Um, I said that last year, still haven't played no. it. Maybe, maybe this year. Be. Zach doesn't think it will, and he's probably right. I, I, I think Fallout 76 is just going to exist in a state where it doesn't really grow, but there's still a community there. Well, it gets... Like it, well, the Bethesda so showcases every year where they give you the roadmap would suggest there's a fair bit on the way, but what, what's there that's worth playing? Who knows? Maybe I will. Let's find out. Stay tuned. Zach shakes his head. Mm. No. Uh, Jordan, are you keen for or hoping to see anything at this showcase? Obviously Starfield. Uh, I'm very excited for Starfield, being a fan of like classic Bethesda RPGs, not like Skyrim and onwards. Mm. Um, hearing that they're going back to a lot of their classic RPG systems, so you know, relying on like some of the more data design from like Oblivion to do with like dialogue and stuff sounds really good. Um, and in playing a lot of Star Citizen, it made me really excited for Starfield just because, you know, I love space exploration games. Yeah, boy. Uh, so, you know, very, very excited to see what they come out with. I'm sure, you know, it, it, when it launches, it'll run at like 20 FPS on the strongest computer. But, uh, yeah, uh, outside of that, yeah, maybe to see what Machine Games has done because they've been quiet. Maybe a little bit of a peep from id Software, but... You know, they've obviously come off of the uh, the 
there's part two of the DLC for Doom Eternal. Well, you uh, think so I don't think we'll really see much from them. You'd assume that they're working on the next Doom. Gosh, for sure. Uh, H3. Or, or, or maybe they're uh, working on finding a composer to replace Mick Gordon. Um, oh, is that the one they burn bridges with? Yep. Yep. And that's that's uh, why we don't have a good Doom Eternal soundtrack. Yeah. No, didn't he do Doom Eternal? He, he did do Doom Eternal. It wasn't the, the actual... The soundtrack uh, wasn't composed on that one, yeah. No, 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 it, it was. Nah, it was the, the, the released, like the, the one you could own wasn't mixed correctly. Correct. Yes, thank you. Um, outside of that, maybe some extra death loop stuff from Arcane. Dragon mm-hmm. will see it. I wouldn't maybe. be surprised if they did like a Death of the Outsider thing where they you yeah. know, maybe did like another sort of mini campaign, but I couldn't see them going back to that that island in that setting with more content. But it's... So that game we know is a timed exclusive. And that... When, when did it come out? September? August last year? No, or was it, was it September? It was in the sort of off period, wasn't it? Q3? Mm. Um, I'm just. I just wonder if they can even mention it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, because like it would, I don't think has it ever. It hasn't actually been stated that it is coming to Xbox. I don't, don't think. I think that's just been an assumption. Yeah, I think it's just assumed that it's a twelve month exclusive period. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, it won't be 12 months because you're right, 14th of September. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, unless they can say, hey, this is, this is coming on that day. It's a game pass or whatever. I personally, I would love to see, yeah, I mean, Red Bull's probably the one that we that, that we know of that I would love to see. I'd probably, I'd be keen to see what State of Decay 3 looks like. Yeah, right. Just to see, I mean, I don't think based on oh, there was a yeah, that's right. I was I was thinking just Bethesda avowed from Obsidian. I'd be keen to see more of that. Yeah, I was going to say, do you, do you think we'll get just any straight Bethesda? Eh? Yeah. Do you think we'll get any um, Fable or Avowed? Uh, like full blown gameplay. Uh, I would be less surprised to see Fable over Avowed purely because. Playground are much more of a tried and true developer than Obsidian in the technical front, which means it would probably be a bit easier for them to mm. get it in a state to show. I mean, yeah, like we've yeah we we saw both of them last year. Uh, Jordan, I thought one of them that you would say would be Hellblade. Oh, dude, honestly, I keep forgetting because I I just keep forgetting that Xbox owns all these things because I just yeah. think they own everything. It's been a long time. It has Since been a long game time. Got announced. Yes, uh, thank you for reminding me. Yeah, I would love to see uh, Hellblade there. Mm. I'm also curious as to how many third-party games will show up. How many third-party announcements will be made there? I'm I'm going to make. Wait, should I keep? Should I make the prediction what, now, or should we save it? What could potentially be a, uh, a really cool thing? Because I know that. Um, old mate spencer wants to get more of the japanese market in is 
potentially, I, I doubt it, but potentially um, Final Fantasy fourteen on Xbox. Because that game is designed with consoles in mind as well. And they said mm. that they wanted to do so. Yeah, and the, the biggest reason they didn't do it was because uh, on Xbox, for free-to-play games, you still needed uh, Xbox Live Gold, whereas on PlayStation, you didn't. Yeah, right. See, I reckon we'll see, personally, this is what I'm probably most keen for, outside of um, the Xbox stuff, it would be a Plague Tale. So we know oh, it's yeah. we we know it's coming to Game Pass day one. So I'm gonna assume that we'll see that at uh, Xbox. It's actually getting a demo at the Tribeca Festival, which is before or after current. But anyway, um, yeah. I mean, we'll talk more about it probably the week before the event. Do you reckon we'll, do you reckon we'll see any stalker too? Considering no. Yeah, no. no. Sorry, Ukraine. We wouldn't put any pressure on them. I think that game is not coming out this year. Yeah, that game's going on ice for a while, I suspect. The only game maybe that we'll see that's going to be like that is maybe Atomic Heart. Let's remain optimistic on that. Um, but yeah, I'd actually like to see, just very quickly, uh, what's next for Gears 4? Because I've been playing Gears 5. Oh, yeah, the next... Yeah, that's a good one, actually. I don't like Gears 5. <laughs> really so i the, love gears 5 not at all probably my least favorite in the series so i want six to make the argument for me as to why this trilogy has been necessary otherwise i feel like that that whole franchise is probably just going to die in a die like in a fiery death um and, and forza or forza motorsport six i think or seven eight uh, whatever uh, eight, we're up to it'd be eight I'll take whatever we're up to because i've been playing a lot of horizon lately and i'd just be keen to get back on the track it's all good. It's all good, baby. Nice. All right. Uh, I'll quickly go through the some very, very quick news here. Uh, so Ash has written an article. Uh, there was a tweet from Imran Khan who basically said he had a little bit of whispers, uh, but probably not enough to, to sort of confirm anything. But Warner Brothers could potentially be looking to sell their game studios such as Rocksteady, Netherrealm and Monolith. Um, yes, yeah, so that's on Twitter there. And then you got so Monolith do things like Middle of oh, Middle of Earth. Middle, Middle Earth, Earth Shadow yeah. of Water. Water? Mortal. Shadow of Mortal yeah, Shadow of Mortal Shadow of Mortal. Yeah. And you got uh, Netherrealm who do obviously Mortal Kombat and then Injustice, Rocksteady do the Batman games and then the the upcoming Suicide Squad game and then uh, you've got uh, TT Games, who do Lego games, apparently, and yep. Avalanche Software and Portia Games that are doing... Um, they did Just Cause. Uh, Avalanche helped with Rage as well, Yeah, Rage 2, yeah. They developed Rage 2, I believe. Mm. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. There's an article there. I mean, I feel like this would be a good... Um, purchase for maybe someone like a PlayStation, but I don't want them to be bought by a PlayStation. Yeah, no, I get that. So It's going to be odd because uh, they've been pretty heavily reliant on their franchise IPs, like around the games they've built, so we haven't mm. seen them build much outside of what they've been known for for a long time. Yeah, well, Avalanche, is, Avalanche is probably the only one there that I, like, I know of that does 
their own thing. Correct. Well, obviously, yeah. apart from, sorry, uh, Mortal Kombat. But, yeah. And everyone's been Mortal Kombat forever sort of thing. But know? it's also, yeah. like, it's also Injustice, which is obviously, you got your license stuff there. True. So, all right. Jordan, any thoughts on that one? Uh, not really. I don't think I'm much of a fan of many Warner Brothers games. Fair. Okay. Well, me and, me and Adam would uh, love to see more uh, licensed stuff, more injustices and that, but uh, who knows if we will? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Adam's also reported here that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order 2 is set to release uh, next year on new-gen console. So according to big Jeffy Grubb of uh, VentureBeat and his uh, podcast show or the yeah his episode of Grub Snacks, uh, the publisher EA and Respawn had originally planned to release the game this year, but have now moved it to 2023. So, yeah, coming on... Uh, yeah, it was just, just coming on PS5, Series X and S and PC. The other thing mentioned for this is that the Fallen Order part of the title would be could be dropped. So we're not sure on what the name could be. Uh, any thoughts on that one? I mean, I think a sequel is always... I think that, that... Have they actually publicly announced a sequel for this? I, I think it was always known that it yeah. was happening, even yeah. if it wasn't officially announced. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see them build on it more. I, I liked um, Or in Order, but I always called it... Uh, yeah, Fallen Order, but I always called it um, Forward Order, just because uh, it kind of... Everything it did... It did worse than every other game that did those things, but what yeah. it did original as Star Wars was fantastic. Yeah, there, so there was I, no I think original if, game mechanics in there. It was well, it's not even that they weren't original; it's just they weren't done better than the competition. That's right, but that, and, but it was very much a game that was pulling from the other things that were in vogue at the time. Yeah, exactly. Heavy wink at Dark Souls, of course. No, I would say it was more of a wink at uh, Sekiro, but um, uh. Yeah, because it definitely suffered from, you know, when you lend mechanics or ideas from another game, you need to give me a reason to play your game instead of the one it came from. And outside of, you know, the Star Wars stuff, there wasn't much else. Like, you know, other Metroidvanias did the Metroidvania design better. Sekiro did that combat better. Uh, So, yeah, I'd just like to see them refine it a bit more because what was there was, you know, really solid mechanically. It just wasn't there yet. Hmm. Uh, next bit of news here is from KV over at Press Start. Classic PlayStation games are starting to appear on the PlayStation Store ahead of the new PS Plus. So a few games have leaked. Uh, games, this is, was spotted by a, a Reddit user uh, on the back end of PlayStation Store. We've got Tekken 2, Ridge Racer 2, uh, Mr. Driller, Worms Ball Party and Worms Armageddon. Not not a lot of games there, but a couple. Uh, I think Tekken 2 is probably the only one out of that list that I would say I would have any interest in playing. Maybe Ridge Racers 2. But... I was going to sound oh, surprised really? you didn't say Ridge Racer. Yeah, but I feel, I feel I feel like old racing games... Don't hold up. Nah, I don't this is... Yeah, no, that's uh, and Even worse, this is Ridge Racers 2 from the PSP, and I remember it looking nice, but getting a bit boring after an hour or so, because it's like, basically all the cars do is drift. Mm. It's a drift racer. 
Uh, I, I'm surprised no one's got any interest in... Well, I guess you, you've played it enough on enough platforms by now, but I'll, I'll always get down for a bit of Worms Armageddon with the right people. See, a I, bit of a party game. I would love the original, the first Worms. I thought, I, I thought Armageddon... Armageddon's number two, right? Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure it is. I thought it was two was just all round better. Oh, yeah, but I just want the first one, man. Just want the first one. Okay, yeah, sure. The one, what they really should have done, Zach, is had Cooler World on there. They should. And, uh, and and rapid racer and Porsche but challenge. yeah surely there's Porsche nothing challenge. In that oh, Porsche challenge yeah Porsche challenge surely that's, that's a piece exclusive oh, oh, I wonder if they can do that before licensing maybe they can't I don't mm. care if they can't they have to it's no mm. choice anyway we're, we're not blown away with that little bit bit of leakage bit of bit of seepage nah. yet gross uh. Last bit of news we've got here is that Sonic creator Yuji Naka claims he was cut as director of Balan Wonderworld before it even launched. Uh, so he goes into a bit of a, a thread here on Twitter, sort of discussing uh, his experience or, you know, what what happened with him on Balan Wonderworld. And obviously it looks like he couldn't say anything because it was, he was um, they were going to court, I think. I'm kind of, I did. Yeah, I, I, did I did read this, but I can't remember what I read. Um, but basically, he he yeah he claims that uh, he was cut before six months before the project release, and Square Enix knew that it was releasing the game broken with his name all over it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, basically, just dragging him through the mud. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, the lawsuit. Yeah, sorry. So yeah, he did go. Uh, yeah, it was a lawsuit. Um, that is wild. So this, so uh, Ash reports here that the game barely sold two thousand copies in Japan. Yeah, it was a financial failure. That is insane. I wonder if Square Enix would do Balan Wonderworld too. <laughs> no, they probably they probably sold Balan Wonderworld with uh with Eidos and uh, Crystal Dynamics. They they were. They weren't happy with its uh, performance. But there's a good like, little uh, one of the tweets that um, Balan, oh, Balan, um, that old mate puts out is that uh, he says Square Enix is no good. Uh, sorry, Square Enix is no good if they don't care about games and game fans. Oh, got to care about the gamers anyway. That's it. Balan, bug and bin. Yes. Not yes. even bargain bin, honestly. Just bin. Balan punishment well. <laughs> yeah. So. This episode has been brought to you by Sega. Yeah. <laughs> publishers of Balan. And Columns. Did anyone, read, did anyone read that thing I posted about Columns? No. It's I think like, you gave it away in the title, didn't it's you? It's like five minutes long, man. It's actually really... You should... Honestly, super interesting. So... Um, the guy basically made it as a... He was fucking around. He worked for HP as a programmer and he made it as just like he was testing out the programming tools that he was using and made columns and basically people internally started playing it and they were like, this is fucking pretty cool. So then it, we, it went through this chain of like then people were like, we, like, we want to buy it. So he was like, I'll do the right thing. I'll go to like to HP. It was all like it's... The guy's super like nice. So he sounds like he's super nice. Like doesn't didn't <laughs> care at, at all. Like never cared about the whole thing. 
um, qu quite an in uh, interesting read. I mean, it's pretty short, but yeah, just wild. Loves an underdog story, don't you? I do. Good old Collins. Um, oh, that's pretty much all we've got for news. So what about off topics? Uh, Nathan, how are you feeling with Halo? I'm glad you asked, Zach. I wanted to weigh in on that. So Halo is a show that we've been covering pretty well every week. And we, uh, I'd been saying up until probably recently that it's a bit wobbly. You know, it's a perfectly serviceable sci-fi romp, but it doesn't need to have the Halo name attached to it. It's, you know, it's fine. It's competent. Uh, a few episodes ago, they started to pull, to pull together the various plot threads around Master Chief and pulled off some pretty impressive action sequences that would be very reminiscent of what you would expect if you'd played the games. So that was really quite satisfying. Last week, we had a, a real tone shift and production quality shift in the show that's moved it towards more psychological thriller territory. So visually and audibly, it changed quite significantly. It was very entertaining to see it go in that direction and make Master Chief its own character, its own new character, and really earn it. And then uh, we've got the review that will be coming out for this week, which will be episode 7, which will be up by the time we've published this, uh, where it all just kind of falls apart. Because the best part about last week, where I thought the series had reached its peak, was partly because it was a very focused episode on a very small select crew of important characters and left its Mandalorian, Tatooine side stories behind. But then what happens is now we've got to pay the piper. Episode 7, this week's episode, is entirely dedicated to the uh, the mercenaries storyline occurring off-world. It, it's trying really hard to be like the Mandalorian. And it has. it's still, by the end of it, you're still left with no idea as to how it has anything to do with Halo. So it's a good 50 minutes of sitting there wondering what has it anything to do with the games really nothing at all um so we've gone from our peak last week to uh, absolutely bottoming out this week so we we, st we feel a bit wish-washy on the show we we're liking it last week mm. this week we've gone nah, absolutely in the mud upside there's two episodes left and we've gotten the shitty storyline out of the way so we might just focus on the best stuff going forward and they haven't said anything about if we'll get a second season yet so far, I don't know that it's earned it. We'll see. Interesting. Interesting. So how? So is there eight episodes? I believe there is nine or ten. So we've hit seven. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, if it's... If it's I think it's, it's nine. I'm sure it's weird to have the second last episode to be about a random... Well, not random, but... Like, it's just completely tangential. Yeah. All right, I've got a, I got a quick question for you. Uh, yeah. Question with that. So, just give me the first game that comes to your head. I know we've asked this, we've, we've said about this before, that we had a whole ep on this, but I also just want to get like some new answers. New answers. What's a video game that you would want made into a TV show? A TV show? Okay, I thought you were going to go with movie. Ooh, okay. I don't think I've had the TV show one uh, posited to me. I think maybe Silent Hill needs it. I think Silent Hill needs a show. Yeah, I think Silent Hill had a movie one. and it fucked it. And I, I think it's... It, Play mine the first one. Yeah, I didn't either. Mm. I didn't either. The but I think it would benefit from a bit more of a long-form storytelling. Because, you yeah. know, it explores family and stuff like that. It, it would be a better format for it. So, maybe, yeah, I think Silent Hill would be my number one. Jordan? That's a tough one. Um... Okay, while you think, oh, I'm, I'm going to go Broken Sword. 
Ooh. And that could be great, too. Because if there's one thing we love in uh, 2022, it's a bit of... Because you could, you could do it. You could set it in Europe. You mm. could go straight to France for season one. Yep. Um, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. I think, I think that'd be really cool. I think, like, and that... It would give you that... Um, you know, you could even star... Put a blonde wig on Brendan Fraser, bring him back <laughs> as George. Um, yeah, it would have that um, adventure sort of feeling of like you know natural treasures like the mummy you know those sorts of films just that sort of you know uh, i can't think of the word I'm, there's a word i'm looking i'm thinking of but I, I can't think of i'm too my brain's too fried but um it's not weighed down too much by franchise expectation either and i think mm. sonic's just gotten away with that as well because you know you yep. get modern sonics but no one wants an adaptation of a modern sonic mm. so we just want something that makes us feel what we remember of the old games mm. so we just need something that feels like broken sword and doesn't need to be pretty much yeah. jordan what was yours um you know i would probably say a plague tale i think uh that was my other one it'd be, yeah it'd, it'd be uh, interesting not only to see uh is that how... not getting a live action adaptation that's getting a film no you could be right actually you're right. Well, I don't think that's... Is it confirmed? I'm having a quick Google foo. I know Destiny is getting one, and that was another one I would say, because there is a lot of storylines that they could go with It says that. it's getting TV... Yeah, TV yeah. series adaptation is in the works. Yeah, right. Yeah. Starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Well, you know, Porsche Challenge. Do a Porsche Challenge TV show. <sighs> TV would be Road Rash. Actually, no, now it's getting stupid. I would love a new road. I would do anything for a new road rash. Anything. I would get the back tattoo of Andrew Wilson holding money. All right. Well, he's Australian, so you know he listens to the podcast. He does. So. He's a big fan. Um, oh, mate, Wilson, you heard it here first. He'll get a back what? tattoo of you if uh, you bring back road rash. And, of course, it needs to be said, President Evil was getting its Netflix series on the way with... Yes. Um, Albert Wesker, you've seen Albert Wesker's casting for this, haven't you? It's Lance uh, Reddick. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Lance uh, Reddick, may, one of the I great did. character actors of television. Hey, I did see that. Uh, Commander Zavala. Commander Zavala will be Wesker in the Netflix series what, that's coming out this year. What's his name in Horizon? Is it Silence? So, Silence? He's, he's also in Quantum Break. He's in a lot of stuff, man. Yeah, but no one cares about Quantum Break. He's got a very recognisable face, recognisable voice. We like him. Oh, Johnny Wick. Um, Grid Legends. That could do with the TV series, couldn't it? <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> actually, I think, I think maybe what we should do is we should park this and we should actually have a proper episode one week about TV shows that we could, or games yep. that would go into Pitch. TV shows. Yeah, Pitch the adaptations. <laughs> and, then, and then maybe we could put the shoe on the other foot and go TV shows into games. I've got one for that, The Walking Dead. <laughs> You fucked mm. it. Sh- uh, Sh- Chernobyl. <laughs> oh, it was like a papers, please, but you got to operate the uh, reactors as they're oh, yeah, melting yeah. down. Fuck. All right. Um, Home and away. That was no, this... terrible. Anything else for off topics? Uh, oh, I went and saw The Northman. Yeah, boy, that's what I was going to ask you. Have you seen it? I haven't, but I've seen his other two films. Uh, have you seen The Lighthouse of the Witch? No, seen, you I haven't. S- I saw The Witch. You have seen The Witch? Yeah. I think you'd like The Lighthouse. I saw The Witch at um, 
appreciate it. It's irrelevant. I didn't um, like it that much when I saw The Witch, but I liked The Lighthouse. One of Pattinson's best. So I haven't seen the yeah, I haven't seen Lighthouse, but The Witch. I found the Northman disappointing. I liked okay. it. Okay, I liked it. Yep. Um, but similar but different to The Witch. So you know, I think the marketing for The Witch was was like, oh, it's the scariest movie ever made, or something. You know, something. Yeah, like they that. did kind. Of, yep, yeah. yep, yep. They did and, kind of oversell the the horror. And I was like, this is not scary in the slightest. No, it's unnerving. Um, yeah, but it's not like, yeah. And with this, I found like that everyone was like frothing over it. And I was like, this is going to be, you know, awesome. And it was good. Like, it was good. It was a good film. It should, like, everyone should definitely watch it at some point. But it was fucking long. It was a, it was a long, slow burn. And you've changed okay, so it. Yeah. On a scale of one to 10, one being uh, The Visit and 10 being Billy Zane's The Phantom, or would you rate it? Maybe a six and a half to a seven. Did you not like the Dustin visit? Hoffman's sphere? Uh, there's this meme in in well played because uh, KS loves visit it, is pro- probably close to if not the worst film ever made. What is the visit? Are you serious? That the is, M Night Shyamalan film that is fucking trash. I would like if I was a movie reviewer, I would give that film zero out of ten. Alongside. Well, we, we have very different views of that film. I enjoyed it. Sucked. I thought it was amusing. Dumb. Um, it, oh, it is dumb. I, I 100% it. agree with every... that it's dumb, but I thought it was supposed to be. I nah, hated it. Uh, so, yeah. Jordan, do you, have you seen the film from my answer? Uh, no. Nathan? What's your answer? So I said, uh, I, well, he, he was like one being the visit, 10 being Billy Zane's Panama. I was like, it's, it's fair. 6.5 or 7, Dustin Hoffman's Sphere. Is Sphere a film? Yeah. With Samuel L. Jackson, Dustin Hoffman, Sharon Stone, um, something else. Uh, a 1998 film directed by Barry Levinson. I've not even seen this film, man. I want. I need Buddy Watson to just hit me up on socials after this episode and just let me know if you've seen if you've seen Sphere. In fact, anybody, if you've seen Sphere, please uh, let me know. Man, okay. So I've seen a couple of his other films, though, like Rain Man and Good Morning Vietnam and shit. But they're they're old, man. You're old, man. Hmm. Anyway, let's let's probably wrap it up there, shall we? Uh, but no, sorry. Yeah. So Northman, long, good. Probably wasn't a brutal as, as what I. I would need a little bit, a little bit, bit more brutality. It was just too long. It was just there was a middle part that just a bit like ambulance just went for too long. Like show that film by thirty minutes, and it's probably tighter. Um, yeah, but ambulance you got to shave it off the end. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I just found it like there was one point I like look. To Anna, and I was like, "This is just a bit fuck boring." Like it was, like it was good. Like I was good. Like I was, happy, you know, I enjoyed the film, but it just. But but so- someone do something. Yeah, like. Anyway, sometimes it'd be like that. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite films last year was uh, Spencer about Princess Diana, but again, not a whole lot happened in that film. Just really fucking pretty. You're Can really be a bit pretty. boring. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Well Played DLC podcast. If you want to check out any of the content, you can go to www.wellhyphenplay.com.au. 
thank you for listening. Always appreciate the support. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. And we will see you next week. Go and watch Sphere if you have not. I won't do that. But I will watch some Formula One. Ah. Yeah, buddy's happy. All right. See you later. Bye, Jordan. Bye. Bye.